Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We're cooking with gas. The sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson. It's hump day with Swanee and friends, Dane Swan, Samantha Richards, and guest friend, Jason Richardson. Woohoo! Hello, Jason. <laughs> Don't Hello, ever Jason. call me Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you shocking bloke. <laughs> Known you far too long. I don't think you've ever called me Jason. No, I haven't. But uh, it slipped out before, so, so <laughs> I would say sorry, but when saying sorry is against the mantra of this podcast. <laughs> oh, welcome. Gee, what yes. a great thrill to be here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, you're... Member of this lovely establishment, aren't you? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, through beautiful contact with uh, Ralphie Boy uh, a long, long time ago, I have to pay my subs now, unlike Ralph. So uh, <laughs> I come along and uh, punch out the bicep curls, and I actually often see the fittest. <laughs> I often see the fittest fat man on the treadmill, looking like little Barney Rubble <laughs> as he just runs along. He tries to have the smallest possible strides in the history of oh, mankind on his little treadmill. Is, his legs ain't very long. <laughs> in my head, they're long strides. <laughs> I've never seen a guy who works out more yet doesn't get any fitter. No, no, that's no. a lot of fat shaming. Do you know what world we live in right now? Yep, that's exactly. I know that I'm. People. Are you offended? Uh, more to the point, I'm offended you got here early and, and suffering your jocks. You had to see me in my old man hernia belt I coming did. out to I give you a lift. It. I was like, wow, and is that what? an Olympic weightlifting belt around your leg? <laughs> around oh, your or you a back wear, brace? Don't, <laughs> mate, you wear a belt to lift weights. Yeah. I do. Oh, not what only. For? Obviously, he's not training for the Olympics. Because so I'm an old with. fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you know, you, well, you, you know, what, you're training for the Masters or something, yeah? <laughs> hey, not only that. The midget games <laughs> or something like that. Oh, my God. If you've seen him in the gym now here at Kuyong, this gym is all about everyone. You sort of you sort of sweat quietly, and everyone does their weights quietly, yeah. except for little Barney Rubble, who puts on his little 140 kilo squats that uh, I used to use as a little warm up, and he gets there and he oh, oh, these the whole gym just listens to the little Barney right. going about Ralph, his work. And you invited him, you know that, right? Is this a Ralph Rose? Now if. Sure, don't tell me you use the white powder on your <laughs> <laughs> if, if you If you do that, that I'm not... That's the only thing missing, <laughs> I can assure say, you. Yes, I would Use the powder on the hands and... Little, yeah. little Dean Lucan. Yeah. Well, he knows more of a Robert Cabass. How's your fitness at the moment, Dane? <laughs> well, I'd, 
Oh, I'm on one leg and I'd probably still outrun you, but uh, <laughs> there is no doubt about that. But uh, move, give us a leg update. The people my leg's very skinny at the moment. Um, what happened, mate? I had wow. uh, I ruptured lateral medial ligaments in my ankle and dislocated some tendons. How? Playing local footy. <laughs> you idiots! I know. No one wants to see a legend of the AFL playing local footy. Oh, from they, they do for charity. <laughs> oh, actually, your charity. The opposition didn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, what sort of sheets are we dealing with for you, a legend of the game, to go and play suburban footy? What sort of sheets? Uh, heavy, heavy St Kilda, a city, fucking there's no sheets. I'm sleeping naked. What? Um, <laughs> so there's not much going down a city, but um, when I'm actually... Giving back to rural <laughs> communities and that. Shut up. That's, 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 when I'm actually going to give back, do some charity work, there's a couple involved. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a couple yeah. times five or something like that. But, a couple uh, of times five. Um, but, yeah, no, this was, um, which I've, I've spoken about ad nauseum here, but just quickly for you, Jason. Um, <laughs> uh, One more Jason, I'm out of here. Yeah, so what happened? Playing AFL, you, hurt, you get a little bump, a bruise, whatever. You go, you obviously all have to go in the footy club next day, and, or after a game they check you how you're going, and they actually check you. Playing local footy, unfortunately, you're not um, afforded the same uh, sort of luxury care. Yes, oh care. So you don't have a doctor after a game going, "How's that foot or how's that ankle? Let me check it out. Let's go get a scan, get in, in and out in 15 minutes, as AFL yeah. boys do. AFL privilege is real. Um, <laughs> so I hurt myself in the first final. And I just figured, like, I just a little ankle. I thought that'd be fine. Like, just rolled my ankle or something. We were winning easily, so I didn't play the last quarter. Rested all the four old boys on the court, on the ground, on the bench. The week goes, ah, it's a bit sore, but fucking nothing. I won't worry about. Didn't get a scan, so I thought, you know what? I'll just jab it and numb it. You will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that'll be fine. <laughs> So, so, so can I just pause? Doctor Swan. Well, yeah. I was about to well. say, as we learnt through the pandemic, <laughs> he is an epidemiologist. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, so many things. Yeah. Um, so I was like, "Fuck it, it's just pain. Like, I'll deal with that, no problem." So, numbed it up before the game, uh, and also didn't decide to strap it or anything like. That. Didn't decide. To, so I never take my ankles while in my whole career playing footy unless I rolled my ankle. <coughs> so I didn't strap it up. Um, played the first sort of 20 minutes, played it half back, kicked two goals, probably had no 15. Big no big deal. So this is how bad local footy is, Jay. So I'm <laughs> on one leg and I'm still dominating. Um, Just the 15. And as I, I stepped someone and kicked it inside 15, as I was running back, I nearly, I felt every fourth step I took, I nearly fell over. I was like, and I wasn't through pain because my foot was completely numb. I was like, fuck, something's wrong here. <laughs> and then I fell on my ankles on the grass every time I turned. So I was like, oh, no, I better get off here. I can't, something's really wrong. So I was trying to strap it up, tried to go again. And I was like, no, I was fucked. <coughs> Had a bra- and then, so we ended up winning that game. Um, and then I told the boys, listen, I'm not going to be able to play next week, but I'll play in the granny if we get through the prelim. Just names himself. I'll play. I won't play next week, but I'll yeah, play so for it's the a bit sore. And, and diagnose yourself. Well, I diagnose myself. So I was like, you know what? And this is, I said this earlier, so the power of the mind. So um, when it's seen the, I said, I better go fucking get a scan. So I went and seen, and I was at Olympic Park for fucking six hours. Like, <laughs> I was waiting all like used to go straight yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Straight in, straight out. And like, the old footy club doc, Pete, sort of got me in. But I, like, I, you know, one was at one o'clock, one was at three o'clock, something, and things got stretched out, so I had to wait there all day. It's two hours. Um, yeah, well, it's I said, only a two hour wait. Might have felt like six. If you're listening, I said things got stretched <laughs> out, so I had to be there all day. Um, 
<laughs> so they got a scan and I went and part of the monologue like, was obviously sore, but I was I convinced myself that I'd be right to play. So on the Wednesday, I went for a run. Was doing like calf raises on my stairs and that. And I was like, no, I'll be right. Um, calf raises. I've done a calf yeah, raise. Well, I didn't do I calf raises. I was playing AFL, <laughs> but I couldn't lift my legs. So I was trying to figure it out. Um, then the doc calls and goes, man, I booked you to go see a specialist, the surgeon, on the Friday, just because the doc isn't a foot specialist. So, yeah, I walked in there. And, um, you know, no pain. He didn't have pain before. He was preparing, you know, to play the next week. He goes, oh, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, oh, mate, I'm meant to be playing in a prelude, but I'll probably give it a miss. And if we win, he goes, mate, I'm very surprised you're walking. That foot's absolutely fucked. We need to get you in for surgery. <laughs> so um, today or tomorrow, I said, oh, well, I want to go watch the prelim. So can we do it Sunday? And he's like, yeah, righto. So, um, yeah, so that was... Your pain threshold, very similar to Ralphie. Oh, oh, yeah. just, can I ask a question? Am I allowed to ask questions you in this podcast? You want. We just speak shit for an hour, so right. enjoy it. What are you doing here, Sam? <laughs> How did you get involved with these two dribblers? <laughs> Sometimes I don't worry, she's not bad herself. Uh, <laughs> she thinks Mexican's a language. <laughs> she thinks Mexicans speak Mexican. Really? Yeah, no, oh, okay. A couple of beauties, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you almost my favourite Q&A between these two this year. This is... Uh, they're playing at Kazali Stadium in Kenston. Dane, did you ever play at Kazali Stadium? <laughs> 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 As if I would have not played anywhere. <laughs> I don't know. So how Sometimes I question it myself. Yeah. Mostly when the alarm goes off in the morning, I'm like, fuck again. Again? Yeah. yeah. And how do you know these two? Well, I... He's friends with Dane. Yeah, I, met, I knew Dane first. Yeah. Uh, mainly through doing envelope work, I think, mm. and then a bit of D-floor work. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then I met Ralph. Don't meet you through, Dane. Well, well, if we're well, gonna, if we're gonna, I can imagine it's not big on your highlight reel, but it'd be huge on his highlight reel <laughs> meeting you. If we're gonna rip the bandaid off, <laughs> oh, let's go. This was when Scotty and Swatty was top top five podcasts in the country. Oh god, it was a while ago then. Oh, the glory so is. Dane mm. rings me and says, "There's a friend of mine who's looking to start a podcast." Yeah, oh, that's right. I wanted to do my own. Can you catch up? I said sure. And Sam Samantha met Samantha back then, like Jason. <laughs> Samantha. Samantha. And and she she was keen to yeah. catch up because I was a podcast expert. So <laughs> <laughs> Zero from two that ago and how far or was yeah. the hurting. Three months later we were completely fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to ring her and said, Can you rescue us? Because the big man the big man we will never see again. Right. The big yeah. man's gone to Perth now. The big it? man's gone we, to we Perth. F- he fled the country because <laughs> of us. He fled the yeah, he fled the state. A, a second question. Yes. Um See, I'm a member here at the Magnificent mm. Kuyong. You must wear a collar at all times. I know. Dane Swan does so not adhere. So you adhere. walk in with a pink hoodie and buddy little Barney Rubble rocks in with a T-shirt. Well, we, we just go into this little room and do our thing and then leave. You must so. wear a collar at all times, isn't it? At all well, times. How, how, all what are you doing the gym? See, then you've got to go down, yeah. got to get out, get, get changed. It's, it's ridiculous. When it's we a started thing. here. It's an old, that's just, Ralph that's said a beautiful today. spot, this place. Oh, but hang on. Careful. <laughs> it's a, it's a beautiful careful. spot, this place. Oh, oh. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. But come oh, on, no, no, I can give sure, the counter on. argument. Where, where if it, I turned up at the Albion in a suit and tie, you'd be allowed in. You'd say fuck off. You're overdressed. No, I wouldn't. Your bouncers? No, you can come <laughs> in a suit and tie. But 2022, yes, a t-shirt is acceptable <laughs> in casual clothes these days. Surely. Okay, well, look, when, hey. we, when we started coming here, Ralph advised what about women? Dane. What, what do women get to wear? Oh, whatever. Well, that's yes. fucking sexist. That's bullshit. In the 2022, it's completely unfair that women can wear what they want, but men can't. Well, I was I was concerned because Ralph in the chat was mm. like, don't forget Dane, collared shirt tomorrow. Dane was like, fucking having me on, aren't you? I don't think I've worn a collared shirt <laughs> since I was playing. I don't have one. I actually have to go and get one because I've got 
uh, a cocktail thing Friday night. I don't own college shirts, and I've got the races coming up, so I need to go get a new suit and shirt because I've worn one for. You'd be straight since, to Peter Jackson. Jackson no, uh, Sam and Coat uh, down in Chevel Street. <laughs> yeah, go see I mean Sammy. Um, as, yeah, as we drove past a billboard once, and one of my daughters, when they saw Peter Jackson two suits for eight hundred dollars, she said, "That seems a little too cheap." She's <laughs> <laughs> a good judge. <laughs> it's a great judge. The worst thing about me—not the worst thing, but one of the things about me being here—is I was originally uh, brought on to be the voice of reason that steered this ship to safer waters. However, oh. somehow I've been lost amongst the storm, and <laughs> yeah, now I like say things like. Don't they speak Mexican? <laughs> I'm fucking... It's got scurvy like the rest of us now yeah. on the pirate ship. I'm cooked. Yeah. Do you think I'm going to let that go? Cocktail party, have you? Yeah. Oh, oh, just for friends? The, uh, this, well, I've got St Kilda, our St Kilda City Best and Fairest and cocktail. So St Kilda City... <laughs> Glenn Huntley joining in with you? I was going to say, it's a bit different to the Palladium. The last person Ferris I was at was the Palladium. Where is it this year? I think it's at I think it's at the New Market on. Oh, beautiful! Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that is a change of scenery, though, isn't it? So I think with I think last one I attended. The year I retired, I was probably 2,000 people. I think so far there's been about 40 tickets sold for <laughs> the St. Kilda City Best and Ferris. So um, it should be a hoot. Uh, Are you expecting to poll well, Dane? In the game? Yeah. The games that you played. I yeah, think I, th- I think I played 10 or something. If we just went on them, I'd, I'd probably I'd win it. Probably, <laughs> <but> <laughs> probably win it. You'd be uh, disappointed if you don't. Yeah, no, exactly. I Who's w- the second best player there? Oh, probably me as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Aaron Edwards goes uh, Aaron Edwards oh, no, he'll, Aaron. he'll poll well uh, Fev played a few games for us Really? Yeah uh, James Magnet from Melbourne Luke Potts is good Matty Andrews um, You know There's a few it's, Well we should have won the flag If we all had stayed in But we had Dad's army We all fell over at the wrong t- <laughs> yeah, at the, at the time of, of the year oh. But um, but that then I got a, I got a Bucks party this weekend too So I've got to go straight from the BNF To the Bucks for the weekend So Well, well lucky your foot's coming good uh, It'll be fucked by Monday <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Make sure you still like wear your boot. Like, no, well, I'm meant, right a, I'm meant to be in a moon oh, boot. See, so this is where Sam comes exactly. in. Notice that. Wear your boot. No, I'm only, in out, on. of the, I'm well, only out of the moon boots had his, I to drive. Before he had his scan, because I've got a background in exercise physiology, and I looked at his foot. That's literally what I used to do at a footy club. I looked at it. I was like, Dan, you're fucking cooked. There's no way you're playing. You probably won't play. Like, that's a, at least four to six weeks. Go and get it looked at. And he's going, Samantha. Samantha, please. Dr. I'll Simon. be playing. Samantha, yes. please. I know my foot. I'll be playing. And I did and play. And he goes and gets his scan. And they're like, <laughs> they're going, uh, ding, 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 <laughs> surgery. Chop that thing off. Yeah, well, I need one. I need a new one. Samantha, yeah. please. I need a new foot. I'm just working my way up the right side of my body, so it'll be my knee next year, then my hip. Yeah, that's <laughs> an old man. Has Ralphie ever brought out any of his old videos of him playing football at uh, Glen Huntley? No, seconds? but I'd love to see some. Well, I think that... Hang on. You played at Glen Huntley. Seconds. Yeah, but still. What posi- What position? <laughs> Couldn't have sent our oh, I, no, t- two, p- two positions. Back pocket, except if it was a heavy 10. Then, then, then they could push me up on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> he was a wet track specialist. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good action for a mud runner. He was jungle edge. Well, of, uh, of, uh, often this footy. year, Dane would say, I can't believe how shit they are at local footy. And I'd say, oh, Well, mate, and you're playing at a good league. Yeah, no, <laughs> when I went and like, give back to these um, communities, actually yeah. needed some... Some of the leagues I played in, I was like, I cannot believe men are this bad at footy and still play the game. <laughs> it's incredible. But their love, their love for the game is... Is fantastic. As, yeah, that's yeah. one thing you, you go when you do all those things. You realise how much they all love footy, but I say, fuck, geez, they're not good at it. I love that also when your mates are sitting around talking, having a few beers, and someone's, someone's walk in who you played footy with at Suburban Footy. Oh, 
God, that guy was a gun player. Oh, yeah. Could have been. And I'm yeah. always like, Anna, Gary Ablett was a gun player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the he's a suburban football. Oh, okay. Well, when you put it like that, yeah, he could have played AFL. And we go out there and we play. I'm like. No. Unless there's another comp called AFL <laughs> out there, um, he, he certainly couldn't have one played the one that I played in. So yeah. you know, like when when there's businesses that are, uh, you know, they might send someone around to businesses to kind of do like an audit to see how they could improve. You've kind of done that when it comes to suburban and I guess rural football. What yeah. would be the like the, the top question. three tips that you could give them to improve? Is there this three is things good. that you could pick? Uh, well. Money, money buys players, obviously. But <laughs> but what about they, the players that are there that they're looking to improve? To well, you know? I don't think I don't think that kind of level of football is about improving themselves. I think they just do it for, for the love of the game. They played in these rural little towns that mm. you know tumbleweeds roll through in the middle of the day. There's nothing there, mm-hmm. um, but it's just they just play because they love the game, and it's I think that's a great thing. The footy, that's the. Lifeblood of the community, so, so improving's not really on their agenda. No, no, <laughs> they, they drink piss like yeah. they before, mate. Darts before the game, drinking beers, but you know, they just yeah. want to go out and play. Obviously, you could training and be more professional, but nah. they're farmers and you know, they're just mm. they just want to have they want to nice. kick a ball around a Saturday, have a bit of fun, beers, you know, don't nice. take themselves so seriously. So, on that though, when you are playing in one of those games, I always get um, always get confused when I see someone like you. Who rocks out to play, and then the guy that's playing against you starts sort of bumping you or yeah. try, tries to give you some chin music. Is it, do you just go, "Come on, mate"? Yeah, well, we're just here to have some fun. Yeah, I, I usually say, "By the more you bump me, the harder I'm going to try, and the harder I'm going to embarrass you." So, so stop bumping me. Yeah, basically, if they if if they just leave me alone, like I won't. Like obviously, I want the side I'm playing for. I want to win and I want to help them, but I'm not going to fucking put my head over the ball no. and like. Try and win these hardballs, fly about the fly <laughs> and stuff like. But if the opposition keep like hitting you, yeah, and no one's ever done it in like a try to blow me on in a, in a. But if people just like try to push me off the ball, go by the harder you try, the harder you try, the harder I'm going to try, and that's not going to be good for you. <laughs> but, what do, but what do you expect them to do, Jane? Like they've like, just play on like me normally. Said, like if the play. ball comes, bump me like spoil you know. But mm. off, when the ball's in the forward pocket, it just like when they're. Pushing me like that, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, come on, mate. Come on, we're sitting, we're having a bit of fun. Can and it, it rarely happens because most people are generally really good when you go out to those yeah. spots because people are appreciative and yeah. you know they the big crowd and they want to have a couple. Of, most most of the footballers just want to have a beer afterwards. Yeah, like, want to come up and chat to you. Yeah, they want to have a beer, which is yeah, I right. prefer that anyway. They want to get in the room, just fucking have a beer, have a good night. That's mostly what, what it's about anyway. Which Sells is, some memorabilia. Dodgy signed footies and Colour Melbourne signed footies. Warwick Kappa's on the signature. Uh, so it's incredible. Camera, yeah. camera phones have its downside, but uh, the good yeah. side is uh, people now can play uh, suburban footy, country footy yeah. of, of Dane's ilk uh, without that sort of sniping Back in our day, yeah, like correct. Dermot Burton got oh his yeah, he face just walked. That's right, and he just said, "I'll yeah. stuff this." Dermot so went back to Frankston, and yeah. blokes just uh, blokes just wanted to chin him yeah. and got him. Yeah, you know, cracked his. Uh, yeah, that's uh, cheekbone. Didn't he also go and play up in the country with um, Damien Monkhurst? Is like in the country, in the up in the hills. That's right. Yeah. And someone tried to whack him, and Derm just walked off. Yeah, Come on. and it's, I guess it depends who you are too. Like he, Derm probably played on that line where he's on the edge. Good. Yeah, like I'll. Yeah. I never did, and I certainly don't. There, I'm, I just, how you going, mate? You good? Yeah. And sometimes I will help, mate. Standing there is not going to fucking help you. Like get in front of me, or you know, help the opposition. Oh. And I'm just there to have a good time, and, and I just try and be nice to them so they don't fucking flog me. <laughs> <laughs> so 
a long way out of a small town if you if you if you punched on with all the federal supporters. Uh, and would you have been that type of questioning? Was that the type that you were leading with on Sunday when you were caught hosting a? What, what were you hosting? That wasn't Sunday. That was the week before. Oh. That was um. What were you hosting, Sam? Sam does charity work too. Yeah. Mm. That Your was charity? Samantha yeah. Rich's foundation. <laughs> <laughs> that was the AFL Southeast, the morning Tim Peninsula Football League. It was their grand final. Right, right. They had the granny this Sunday after the AFL one. It was before. This, this was an old photo that was oh, sent. Well, it was sent through previously. So right. Sunday after the granny, then, if you was the week before. It was. Two weeks before the that. Before the, okay. the week before Sam's the grand final. just drip-feeding them on yeah. her socials just to keep the yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. connections. No, I, I know what you're doing there. In fairness, someone in the crowd said it to us. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. But I kind of went from the Mornington Peninsula League one weekend, which people on my socials have kept me honest and let me know about. Then the next weekend I hosted the AFL grand final at the MCG and then the, oh. this weekend just gone, that I was at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. What did you host at the AFL? I guess I hosted the game. Yeah. Just the yeah. whole game. Yeah, the, the whole game didn't yeah. start until you, la- yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, correct. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, oh, I right. was no, no, no. We were yeah. going back to the other point. Yeah. Yeah. It point Jason. <laughs> that was a rolly point. <laughs> hey, Robbie, <laughs> fucking hold on. I haven't <laughs> announced. Hang me. on. Wait. Get out, Robbie. <laughs> back off, chair. <laughs> yeah. Delta looks yeah. good in here. Yeah. 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 With one point, it was how do I bring this? No, my how do I get on? Question about September forty. How do I bring it? To be hosting the Just on that, yeah. Are you <laughs> a are you a selfie type of person? Like, is, is Robbie the is Robbie at the level uh-huh. that you would say this is not normally my go? But hey, Robbie, can I get Jace, a selfie? She was in a Robbie tri- Robbie Williams tribute <laughs> band. She was the lead singer. <laughs> Did you? Yes. So when you saw him, did you ask for a little no. selfie? Did you chat to Michael Klein from the Herald Sun and say, hey, Kleine, if I'm within a metre of okay. Robbie, no. I need some schnapps? No. Liar. No. no. So you haven't now, got a now, You know now. why Richo asked you that? Because you are the type of person who <laughs> would do that regularly. No, no I don't. Admit it. I think maybe <laughs> Tiger Woods or Barack Obama would be the only two that I'd actually ask for a selfie. So you, you, you how do you reckon they'd how do you reckon they'd receive that? Yeah, yeah they'd be disappointed. <laughs> they'd yeah. say rack off, chat. Yeah, no. But not even Beyonce. I'm not. I'm not a go up and ask us for a selfie time. No, no but I'm, I'm just asking if you were. I, I I don't. There's not. He no. Take selfies of yourself though all the time. Yeah, yeah that's no, different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the closest I got, I was actually standing about a hundred meters away from him when he started, like the on the field. When you asked, when you invited him to start. No, and I said to someone, "This is really embarrassing, but can you please take my picture with him in the background?" That's as close as I got to it, and I'm a mad fan. Well, I just can't ask just people to do someone that. Someone else to do it. Yeah, I can't yeah. do it. I can't. It's uncomfortable. Like I get uncomfortable when people ask you for a photo, mm. and I'm standing there talking to you, and he's just. So obliging. So, so well, I went to the AFL gentlemen. grand final. I was lucky enough to go to your grand final that you hosted. <laughs> so. um, I had gone a couple of years ago with our great mate, Shane Crawford. And um, I understand what your life would be like, Swanee, because I went to – so we sat – Crawford and I sat together. We walked in and he had 155 selfies. Um, we sat Was at the game. Hawthorne, Hawthorne Sydney yeah. granny? Hawthorne right. – I think that was Hawthorne Sydney. Anyway, it – by half time, I said to him, you know what? I am not hanging out with you anymore. You can fuck off. I'm out of here. I'll see you at the end of the game. I spent the whole day taking photos of him. With other people. So yeah. do you go to a game like the grand final and just – does it get uh, too much? Yeah, if, if Collingwood were in it, 
Um, it, oh, only if Collingwood. Uh, yeah, mostly. If it's, if it's two neutral sides, it's the odd one, but... I've um, seen you on the clock at the Albion, though. Like, on a Sunday, like, I'd be like, oh, hey, Dan, how are you? And you go, oh. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, <laughs> how are you going? Yeah, if you that's want just from people that have got booths, that the, is... The one thing, it's very, very hard to get a selfie when, when there's a big sheet of glass in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... My mistake. Yeah. But, uh, My mistake. Yeah, very, very difficult. <laughs> now, you two got a couple of things in common. Um, one yeah. which... So it's a little bit of six degrees, five degrees, four degrees separation. But Bruce McAvaney handed you your Brownlow medal. Yep. You now on seven racing work with Bruce all the time. Can you fucking tell us something he does wrong? Surely he's not that nice a guy. He he is a hundred percent. He's so lovely. The love most lovely man. In fact, I would argue, and I reckon you guys would back me up on this. Anyone that's worked in any sort of media. You know what? You can't fake it. So you are what you are. Not for, if, not for a period of time. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you can fake it for a little bit, yeah. but if you're going to have any sort of longevity, the way you are in real life is just under a microscope when you go on TV. So mm. if essentially you're a bit of a flog, eventually it will come out. Mm. Yeah. He is... I mean, his work ethic is incredible. You can't help but so just... So you would have known that before you worked with him. What's blown you away since you worked with him? Um... What's blown me away is just the level of detail, but also, and he won't mind me saying, just how simple he is in regards to the way he goes about it. He cannot turn on a computer. <laughs> he is an f- absolute philistine. There's an opportunity to- for you, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> he cannot <laughs> turn on a computer. So everything that he does is handwritten mm. yep. and handwritten with these these big sheets. He comes in with these massive big boards <laughs> that he's got his form guide and stuck it on a hard board and made all these various notes, the notes and the level of attention. And then we had one last week, actually, where he said something to on air about Gay Waterhouse. It was the flight stakes in Sydney and Gay Waterhouse had won it with Ha Ha, won a golden slipper and then won a flight stakes. And Fireburn, the golden slipper winner, was trying to win the flight stakes and he said no one's done it. Since uh, Ha Ha in 2001, which was right, no one's done it except for Gay. I thought to myself, I'm sure Bounding Away did it in 1986. <laughs> do I go with that? Do you question the master? Or do I? Surely I'm wrong. And then I actually just posed the question. Did Bounding Away do it for Gay's dad, TJ, back in the 80s? I could just tell by the look on his face that there'd been a rare moment <laughs> where the great one had not read his notes right or something. Anyway, it, it took him ten minutes. To, <laughs> he was so annoyed at himself. <laughs> and I'm thinking, mate, it's, <laughs> I do 150 of them a day. What are you talking about? He was so annoyed because his he's, he's desire to be, I think not to protect his legacy, but I think just what his, his pursuit of excellence is something that we all just must admire. Yeah. He's just a marvellous guy to work with because he's so generous. He, he'll, I'll say, oh, what about this? And he said, you should go with that. And, hey, by the way, here's a couple of little extra layers of information on that. But he won't try to jump in as, mm. you, as you've all worked with some people who would try to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> he would never do that. He's so generous. And, but his work ethic is intoxicating. And what, what he also does is, like, leading into a Saturday race meeting, if I said to him on Tuesday, hey, mate, uh, can you pop into uh, 
um, Swanee's podcast, Swanee and Friends podcast, and we'll give you 15 grand to rock up. No, I haven't got an hour, mate. I've, you know, so at the moment, I'm just working out how many three-year-olds have run fourth up in a Cox plate after running seventh Wait. at the previous start. Dane, are you available to fill in? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I could do that, yeah. Yeah. I'll make way. Fuck the, fuck the three-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah. Well, I'm a bit more like you, Swanee. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't reckon anyone's going to ask me how many yeah. three-year-olds have been fourth up in a cox plate after running seventh yeah. at their third start. Could, could BT fight in his yeah. <laughs> Just squeezing 17 gigs before his right. and, and Bruce is a great dancer too, as yeah. we've seen. <laughs> Um, they don't need to yeah. mention that. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was um, that was something that we. I think that's something that sets him apart, though, and makes the him dancing. great. No, <laughs> probably the dancing is like is that generally important. There, so you went dancing. I was dancing. Oh, went so dancing, so and I'm a dancer. A dancer, yeah, dancing. Where are you that's from? Are you thing, Perth or Adelaide? I'm on Tough Streets of Malvern. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so that doesn't make sense. But <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> the like. The ones who – it's kind of like you've got to make up for what you don't have. So if you're not as good at your job, you're a nice person and that gets you further. Or it, the other way around, whereas Bruce is just the most brilliant person at his job, but he's also the most wonderful oh, human being. He's probably top five in the country of – he's as good as his job at, as anyone else in the world and Australia is good at their, their job. job. You know what I mean? He's just – Totally agree. He's a big yeah. loss to AFL footy, I reckon. Oh, yeah. The fact oh, that he's yeah. decided just to do racing, which racing, you know, doesn't really understand what it's got with him. No. And don't embrace him. and, <laughs> and yeah. You know, he's never won a racing media award, believe it or not. It's some of the flogs yeah. that win Maybe him. Maybe that's why he's still doing <laughs> it. Breathtaking. Have you heard the phrase Wittgenstein's ruler? Uh, no, please. No. That is, uh, if the ruler is so fucking useless, it doesn't measure the table. The table measures the ruler. Right. <laughs> that is that. Yeah, okay. That, that is an indictment on the, ra- on the racing award. It's not on Bruce. Yeah, correct. So I just thought, I mean, racing needs to realise, you are. we are so lucky that this guy, the iconic broadcaster, who can appeal to all, I, can, I understand that he can grind the gears of others because he's so over the top. And, and, but you that's know. a them problem. That's because they're not. Correct. But, but in a way, in a way, uh, sorry, buddy, but uh, like an Andrew Starton who, who was yeah. so good at doing him and Dennis yeah. Medin and all that, if, if you're being you, Correct. You are going to be a bit different, of course, but you're great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and he he is that. Yeah. So he's, he is unusual, but that's that's what makes him part, part of. Yeah, you're so dead good. right. In fact, um, you know, people criticise me and my role that I'm overtly happy. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> In fact, Anthony Friedman, who Ralphie would know, is a great horse trainer. But he's more sort of my sort of personality. He's, he's, I love it. He's really good company, but he, he, he can suck a lemon. And <laughs> he rang me one day and goes, oh, yeah, give me the shits on TV. I go, why is that? And he goes, you're just so happy. <laughs> I, think I said sorry. Mate. I'm so sorry. I know, I know. I I'm annoyingly might, happy. It might have been 1993. They've won the Golden Slip with Merlins. The BMW is superimposed. A couple other big races at at Rose Hill. Yeah. Amazing day. And a reporter's gone to Anthony Freeman and said, how good is this? He goes, there'll be others. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who told me that? Richard Freeman. His brother. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't believe Oh, that is amazing. Um, and so uh, you should tell uh, Bruce. I know you, no, well, you've said it ages ago on this podcast, but about his preparation. Yeah, for, for the Brownlow, Brownlow. Yeah, so a bit like, bit like what you said, no, com- this is 2000, sort of 10, 11. So but computers was, were a thing back then, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, Laptops yeah. were a thing. But um, so I guess 
uh, in the year, towards the end of the year, the top, say, maybe 10 or 20, he probably did the top 100 blokes who were yeah. probably going to make the, who were going to finish high in the Brownlow Warriors were looking like they were going to chance to win the Brownlow. He'd come out and spend, you know, fucking an hour, two hours with you. And not obviously, obviously Collingwood went down to the cafe and waiting for Bruce. And he walked in with like a fucking, like a bag like Samantha, you know, and just went, whoosh, just pulled out about, you know, <laughs> 5,000 pieces of paper and just... Yeah. He knew more about me than I did. <laughs> you know, we, we sat down for like two hours and he'd get his notebook out and say, oh, yeah, it's funny. So, round five, 2006, was basically the first time you had over 20 possessions. You did this. And I was like, man, I've got no fucking idea. I said, did I? I said, okay. He goes, well, what was that like? I said, I'm not sure because I can't remember. <laughs> so, I don't know. He goes, Adelaide, would you, you did this here. Guess Adelaide, you went over. I said, mate, yep. <laughs> Yeah, how was that? Well, I assume it was good. Like I've got no idea, mate. He just he knew everything, all my stats. Who, when I did this, when I broke out, when I did that. I said, can I have them? Well, that's it. Yeah. I could use them when I'm giving it back to charity. I could <laughs> tell my story a bit better. But like, just he, he's he's working. He would have had that for the 20, 20 blokes who probably were going to, you know, the twenty blokes. Who and you and he are, are very very different characters. Did mm. you actually get on well? Yeah, no, he, he was. Yeah, you can't help but like him. Yeah, can you? no, he was good. Yeah, he's. Don't know how we'd go on night on the town together, but uh. <laughs> he he surprises you. That, that's one of that's one of the great. I've only seen a little snippet of it. Yeah. Is Bruce with a little du- with a dash of wine? Yeah. It's a lot of fun, mate. It <laughs> is. Is that where the dancing comes from? <laughs> he he can um, he can let rip. He is yeah, a that. very very funny man. In <laughs> fact, we're at the um, we're at the store gift last year. Oh, this year. And he says to me, oh, I'm staying up in stall for the night. Um, Does he commentate the stall gift too, does he? He, he came along for Channel 7. And uh, he said, I'm going to stay the night. And I said, oh, oh I'm going to go home, but oh, let's go out for dinner. I said, but there's only one place you can go, and that's the local pub. He goes, yeah, well, let's go there. I said, you're just going to get harassed. He goes, nah, I'll be fine. <laughs> so we rock into the, the gift hotel stall with a population of... 2,000 people, but it's heaving on that weekend. And he, we, I pump him with a couple of drinks. He is just holding court. The whole <laughs> pub are lining up for selfies. He's Someone's asking him a question. He asks a second question. He's like, hey, I haven't got time for two questions from you, mate. Push <laughs> off. It was absolutely brilliant. I sat there with his wife, Annie, and just said, have a look at this. He goes, She's, oh, he loves this stuff. He <laughs> absolutely loves it. So he does surprise okay, a night yeah. out with you. He oh, wouldn't God. go, look. He'd take off yeah. in your takeoff phase. Yeah. When you'd get to the top, he'd be well gone okay. and you would be able to maintain that top. But he, you'd have a bit of fun on okay. the way up. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There you go. And you touch on it. So the other thing you've got in common with Dane... And it's staggered me knowing, getting to know him. Uh, you know, not not big on your distance running, are you? No. Yeah, you no, tend to work best in short bursts. Well, once you've been around the track once, what else is there to see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you end up... What do you say the longest run you've been on? Without stopping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, mate, 2K? That's what I had to run at Collingwood? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, then... I mean, when we were kids growing up, correct me if I'm wrong, we used to say, let's race to the swings. Yeah. And whoever's the fastest was the king because they could get to the swings first. Yeah. I never heard anyone, let's run around the school 52 times and then run to the swings. Exactly. And that's why you get the marathon runners are the greatest collection of losers of failed <laughs> sprinters you've ever seen. Like, exactly. And who run 42K who would have, to win? Who, 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 who's the marathon? Everyone knows the same bolt, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> like no one, Michael Johnson, everyone, Carl Orban, everyone knows them. No one, knows, I wouldn't can tell you who the Who's Mo Farah? Kip Chogi. Kip Chogi yeah. just broke the world marathon record. Two oh one. He's gone. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> forty two. He can run forty two k. Three hundred and eighty five. They are yards incredible. Like I could, they could join in the last. Like I could join in the last two k. One. They could run the whole marathon, and they, then we could join them. The Collingwood players. For our 2K time trial, yeah. that still beat us by a minute. Unbelievable. It's fucking incredible. You should see yeah. how fast they go. So two hours and one minute That's for outrageous. 42K and 385 metres, whatever the official marathon distance is. Hey, jump on YouTube and have a look at the start of that. It's in the Berlin Marathon. And have a look at old mate in the blue singlet <laughs> who gets somehow he's spoken and chatted his way through to start with all the elites. And he takes off. So he sprints. He looks like Ralphie. <laughs> a fit, slightly fitter version of Barney Rubble. He takes off. And after 200 metres, he's miles in front of the world record holder. But then you watch him get the stitch. So he's done the whole thing to get there just to try to get on TV. Say he was leading the Berlin Marathon or whatever. It's fantastic. So, so winning the stall gift, what did it mean to you then? And, and how much have you been able to just fucking leech off the set over the next 30 years? Uh, I love how you nearly pretended to ask that seriously. I did. Uh, it was bloody good then because you won, yeah, which is 1993. Sam, you weren't even born. Um, <laughs> I definitely was. It, it was a long, long time ago. And you won, what do we, we won 24... 24,000 bucks back then, which was good money Cast back in 1993. Cast What'd you run off? Um, I ran off seven because that's the mark that you get given <coughs> as a novice. So when you, so you start. Sorry, Dean, I got something in the throat. No, no, no first. Dean Capabianco was on zero, and the most you can get is ten. But when you yeah. first start, so if you joined in the professional running ranks, they'd go, "Here, yeah, Swanee, do you have a fit? Do you have a time?" And you go, "No," and you go, "No, I always have seven. And yeah. tool, and then go run a few times, and then we'll see whether we need to give you more or give you less yeah. over a period of time. They gave me seven. I said, I don't think I'll run. I'll just hold that <laughs> rock up at Easter. But, um, oh, mate, it's fantastic because it was great fun and you're training with your mates. I mean, I'm a team sport guy, but doing an individual sport. But also, most importantly, it gave me funding to try to actually do real athletics. And five or six years I went and did that and... Worked out pretty quickly when you run against uh, 
Michael Johnson, Ben Johnson, Carl Lewis, <laughs> Linford Christie, you work out pretty bloody quickly that you're in the wrong sport. So, <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually race against them? I raced against them and they've got one thing in common. I only saw their asses, every one of them. I did not get in front of any of them. <laughs> you, you, uh, well, you say you're a team sport. No, I know enough. D. Larsell, yes. people who played with you and... Uh, they say you are very fast out wide. That's right. By yourself. Mate, as <laughs> I used to say to our coach, mate, you get the ball out to me uh, 100 metres on my own, I will cut anyone to ribbons. <laughs> like, but the, you know the scary thing is, a hand on the heart here, if I if this was in 2022, I'd play 200 AFL yeah. games. I was, I was quick and I had good skills, but I, I didn't go into any contests. Mm. But you would have played with players. I was yeah. a better version of Nathan Loney. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a good kick. He had a big kick on him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just dish it out to him. Yeah, that's all you need. That's what you need. Your winging to do is run up and down all day. Correct. Yeah, I could have played, but I was in an era where you had to actually go and get the ball. Right. Yeah. Play on half back. No one plays on half backs anymore. Correct. Easiest spot in the world to play. Perfect for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would have played so much. Anyway, I'm not bitter about you it. Play, <laughs> ma- play masters. No, no. See, I see. I firmly believe no one wants. I, I don't. The veterans and masters. No, no, absolutely not. No running. Not, not the moment I said, oh, I'm not that good. Yeah. I stopped. No one wants to see that. So you, no. you trained with these elite people in the nineties after mm. winning early nineties. Was it nineties? Yeah, one early nineties. Yeah. So trained with them. Trained with them late and uh, you know mid mid nineties. Kath Freeman, I was her training partner, which was yeah. bloody amazing. Um, we went away. Did you get it? What's oh. that? <laughs> Kath? Kath? Catherine? <laughs> Catherine? <laughs> Never Kathy. She Pick hates Kathy. Um, she? Hates Kathy. Oh, that's her. Tr- really? That's her. Um, as much as Jason? Yeah, uh, more. <laughs> that's like her stage name. She's for those. Right. She's fr- she's either Freeman. Um, Catherine or Kath, but never Kath. Yeah. Never Kathy. Yeah. If you called her Kathy, she'd just look at you sideways. Um, brilliant athlete. You know, so much fun to to go away with. And she needed to train with boys. And I was a failed hundred two more of a two hundred runner. Failed hundred runner. Wanted to do more four hundreds. Wanted to go overseas. Me and a couple of my mates, Cameron McKenzie, who's now been an unbelievable success story. Started Four Pillars Gym. Oh, now I didn't know you were mates with him. Yeah, I great saw mate. him do a. Talk about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was in well I there. was in his bridal party. He was actually the fourth runner in the four by four at the Atlanta Olympic Games. Um again he actually had to go toe to toe with Michael Johnson. Big setback for him. <laughs> yeah. They drew the semifinals and the, they didn't get the baton at the same time. I think Michael got it slightly in front and I'm like Good luck here, uh, Cam. So Cam, uh, or nicknamed Chili, Chili McKenzie, trying to chase Michael Johnson. Good luck with that. But an incredible story started Four Pillars Gin. So we we were going overseas. We wanted to, you know, have a crack at trying to make Aussie teams and all that sort of stuff and wanted to go onto the circuit. Kath and her um, management found out about that and said, oh, can you, why don't you jump in with us? She needs, you know, blokes to chase. So we went and lived in El Paso, Texas for seven weeks and then went to uh, Oregon and then went to Europe and did that. That was leading into 97 World Champs where she – that was the year that she broke up with her long-term partner. We shaved her head. Remember she won a – she won a gold medal in the World Champs from lane one in 1997 with a shaved head. And looking at my head is the reason why. We all had shaved heads. So she shaved her her head and won and that was 97. She won again 99 and then – Olympics yeah. What was it like in the States running against the, the, the elite? Um, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're in a different sport. So this is what they'd feel like, Swanee, playing with you 
when you're playing suburban mm. footy. When you're running a 400 metres against Michael Johnson and when you're still running down the straight, <laughs> diving at the line, he's already got his tracksuit cooling down. <laughs> <laughs> he's finished. He's done an interview. He's put on a tracksuit. He's jogging back the other way and you're still <laughs> diving at the line. So, uh, no, total different postcode. So, so this is the type of thing that actually get, gets us right back on board because you were part of the Sydney Olympics because mm. by then you were at Oakley. Yes, that's right. Now, was the best rort in the Oakley uh, after after party well there was a, an extraordinary amount of rort so what we did is i was marketing manager for oakley sunglasses so back then before you were born so back <laughs> back then oakley's were they were big yeah, yeah the oakley sunnies yeah, yeah the big huge we had you know warney was our poster boy and he was massive before him uh the late dean jones as well so we were so strong in cricket and in athletes in fact in 2000 we bought those glasses that came over the top mm -hmm. of their head yeah. Do you remember those yes so we were big on hospitality for our athletes. So I actually um, we were trying to think about what we would do in Sydney and um, I ran the Asia-Pacific marketing and spoke to our American guys and said, have you got any money that we could put together some sort of a hospitality house? So we went to the diggers, believe it or not, the RSL at North Bondi and said to them, we'll give you $40,000. Can we have your facility? Well, you can keep the back bar, but can we take over the whole facility for two months? And they agreed to it um, and we turned it into a beach hut and brought our best surfers, whether it be Lane Beachley or Rocky and Taj Burrows, all that, would come in. We had the whole place set up like a beach hut and all the athletes, when they would finish competing, would come to the Oakley House at Bondi and go for, and be taught how to surf. So unbelievable vision of Addo Bolden after he's just run, got a bronze medal in the <laughs> <laughs> Olympic 100 metres trying to learn how to surf at Bondi with a massive rip in front of it. It was, was very funny, but we brought up... Cafe Racer from St Kilda, breakfast, lunch and dinner we would put on for athletes and, and for family and then we would put on bands every night, Screaming Jets came one night, etc. It was off the Richter scale, like it was huge. And then Last Lap had just been launched, which is um, you know, Ned Kelly's big, uh, <laughs> big nightclub, once again, if you had wristbands there. So when you had... A product like Oakley, it was like currency. I'd go to an airport and say, oh, what seat am I? And they'd go, oh, mate, you're a Road 9D. And I'd drop a fresh pair of sunnies and go, I don't need to pick them up if I can be <laughs> sitting in rows one, two or three. And they'd go, no, it's row one for you. <laughs> it was like a currency. We bartered for everything. So, you know, you needed tickets to go to a nightclub. No, how many pairs of sunnies do you need for that? It was amazing. Because the story's so good, don't say the guy. <laughs> Who was the best freeloader at the Olympics? <laughs> there was a uh, remarkable. There was a remarkable guy that, um, <laughs> and we like him. We, we we love him. We love him. But he um, he decided that this is just the best thing ever. So he and his wife and his kids and all his mates, breakfast, lunch, and dinner would just rock up to the Oakley House and just eat and drink on our account, which which was fine because he was a, he was a significant name at the time, and we were, we loved his work. You couldn't help but uh, love him. After about seven days, I did say to him, "Now listen, brother." Um, Times, you know, we need to probably need to freshen things up a bit here. You know, <laughs> to a smidgen, you're taking the piss, so uh, no worries, mate. Okay, yeah, I said, so, you know, maybe maybe not tomorrow. Adio. <laughs> maybe, maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow. And then I'll never forget the next day, I'm standing there and in walks uh, our number one guest who's decided, because everyone knew that he was having a day off, 
<laughs> went up through the kitchen, up the back stairs, <laughs> dra- dragging through. He's, he had young kids at the time. They're coming through with floaties on the arms. <laughs> <laughs> They've got some slushies that we're... <laughs> He is just no more no front than mine. Yeah. So I just, just you know what, I just dip, tip the lid. Tip your cap and go, too good, you beat me. <laughs> In fact, he'd also come to our golf day because um, he was working at a, at a major uh, TV network at the time and I sent an invite through to one of his uh, a high-profile member of the... That's who, mate. A high-profile member of the uh, said uh, television station. And uh, back in the day, he used to fax... Faxed through an invite to our golf day, uh, and he put a slash through the name James Brayshaw and put his own name and RSVP circle. Yes, I'll be there. <laughs> The best. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Bruce McAvaney being elite. This guy is just elite in a different area. Exactly. We had Ben Darwin on uh, last week. It was fantastic. Uh, Ex Wallaby, and he's talking yep. about cohesion nowadays. But he said he had a unique take about when you've been in the spotlight and then you're out of the spotlight. Mm. And he said, you know, he said everyone gets their turn in the spotlight. So why are they surprised when they're out of the spotlight? Yeah. Tell us when you realise you're out of the spotlight uh, from, from the store gift uh, winner. You are such this an my, idiot. This is my favourite ever You story. are such a friggin' idiot. I, lo- <laughs> this is one of my real B material, but he loves it so much. <laughs> and it's interesting, out of the spotlight. So um, I won the store gift in uh, April in 1993. Happy Day, <laughs> Day was only a couple of months after that. I'll never forget how excited I was when Camberwell McDonald's sent me an invitation that I, could, if I could possibly be an ambassador for McHappy Day. Swanee, you're a big name. I was that genuinely excited. I thought, you know what, I'd basically made it because I'd received an invitation to McHappy Day. So, you know when you rock up and uh, so there's the so-called celebrities who have been invited. We had three really, really big names. When they gave me a name tag, I knew that was a setback. <laughs> so they gave me a name tag, Jason Richardson, store gift winner underneath. No one else had a name tag <laughs> who I was with, which was a real setback. Anyway, I'm, uh, so my job was to flip burgers. Um, and I just noticed after a while that my line was really, really small. Mm-hmm. No one <laughs> no one was standing in my queue. Now, next to me, I'll never forget it. And, Sam, I need you to visualise this. <laughs> i never forget, uh, like, a sheer blouse, 1993, so thick 1993, sheer blouse of a of an off-white colour, but with <laughs> a beautiful bra underneath that was so available to be seen by everyone. Right. And she was – she is beautiful now. And she was just as beautiful in 1993. The wonderful Joe Bailey, who became Joe Silvani. Mm. She was at McHappy Day. Could you imagine the line <laughs> of blokes <laughs> who were lining up to see Joe Bailey? This queue that went out the door. <laughs> and then next to her was the son of Bert in Matthew Newton, who had a long line. It was huge not, at the time. It was huge at the time. He was a big name. He had a long line, not necessarily of uh, of girls there that were lining up to see Matthew, but there was a long line seeing Matt. But the biggest line was Joe. 
And I'll never forget. So I'm standing in front of my counter with not a person running up. <laughs> Joe with the sheer blouse. I'll never forget it. I can visualise it right now with a line out the door. And I could see this bloke right up the back. And he was a bit of a rough looking bloke. He goes, oh, fuck this. I'm going. And he walks up, struts up to my line. <laughs> he looks at my name tag. And goes, what the fuck's the stay well gift? (laughs) 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 So I was out of the spotlight pretty bloody quickly. Hey, you you were too, uh, and and you're actually one of the real great media success stories in this town because so you you, you started uh, and got yourself going with SEN, which is where I sort of met you, you, you'd sort of stagger in. Uh, (laughs) 11 o'clock on Friday nights was my first shift. That was your first, that's right. First shift, a show called The Expression Session. (laughs) And we were only allowed, so SEN started, Ralphie was doing... Breakfast. You were doing breakfast, producing breakfast. Um, I was at 11 o'clock on a Friday night with a mate of mine called Jason Lay, who we titled J Money. And uh, we would only let to talk about extreme sports. So surfing, snowboarding, skateboarding, because we were working at Oakley at the time. That was our brief. We came on 11 o'clock on a Friday night straight after a basketball show, which was 9 to 11, called The Dribblers, hosted by Andrew Gaze. So Andrew Gaze and Nigel Purchase, which had a young Matt Thompson was the producer, they would do basketball while Collingwood versus Carlton's going on at the MCG. Mm -hmm. But SEN didn't have the rights then. No. But as soon as the game finished... Naturally, we'd be there going, so welcome to the expression session. We've got Mark Ocalupo joining us, Lane Beachley. Let's open the lines, 9-14-9-11-16. Let's talk. We've got Mark Ocalupo. Oki, hey, Oki, we've got uh, you know Peter from uh, Somerville on the line. Peter, like, shut up, Oki. What about that fucking game tonight about <laughs> Colin and Can you believe that umpiring decision? And we'd be like, thanks very much, Peter. We're talking to Mark Ocalupo about surfing. And this happened for the whole hour. Everyone would want to talk about footy. It was very unique. And then actually uh, Ralphie uh, gave me a call and said, I'd love you to come and do breakfast... Um, sports updates. Sports updates. Yeah. I became a sports update guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, breakfast. And, and also TVN. So, and you're back to stall, aren't you? Because that's you started doing the Outback meetings and that's how you worked your Correct. way through. Um, you, you sent me a photo last night of... of just a beautiful. Just ex- explain it, please, and we'll put it on our socials. It is a beautiful photo that I've got in uh, 2013. Um, so I was working at uh, TVN, and uh, two young Collingwood punks who were real fanboyed me, really up and about, <laughs> all over me, wanting to have selfies with me, <laughs> jumped in and uh, uh, said, "Hey, can we jump in with the microphones?" And I actually did a quick interview with them, and then they asked for a photo. With their TVN microphones, a young Dale Thomas and a Dane Swan. Very young. Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, 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 I remember. (laughs) I've been waiting for the day so I can see you again. Um, So I've been a bit nervous today. I get to see Daisy nearly uh, every week. I was going to bring that up. Uh, How? (laughs) Points bet. God, love, I, no, I no, love no, that man. No, that's not what he's asking, how. No, no, oh, no, no, no. How like, did he get the gig? Yeah, how? <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> yeah. why, why? Well, you, you're a, sport, you're a oh, sports bet yeah. guy. I know. I just, I, he's got a TV. It's got me fucked how him and Heath Shaw have, have a TV show. <laughs> well, there's subtitles is the one yeah, thing they yeah, do require. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you said to them, why aren't I involved? Well, I just... Oh, it just baffles me. <laughs> the, the world is fucked. Uh, <laughs> 
But Dale's Dale's really starting to get his head everywhere. It's one of those kids that's really starting to become a little bit annoying. And and what about I'll tell you where he became annoying, and I love him. <laughs> but I'll tell you where he became annoying when he hosted the red carpet at the oh, Brownlow. Right. Because he actually now, it, it? he actually now seriously fancies himself as a fashionista. Well, I thought he, um, he seriously I, I thought he had his wisdom teeth out. Look like a beaver or something like that. I don't know. He's had the, but um, he does. He does. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a long way from when he come down to, from sail from Druin uh, from back Druin. in the day with his blonde hair and um, oh. he's a changed man. Well, but, he rocks um, up to the races now, and uh, so you know, I said to him, mate, rule number one: it's friggin' freezing in early part of spring, as Ralphie, you know. I mean, real, spring carnival needs to go back a whole month. It's friggin' freezing. Don't said that last week. Oh, I said the, the seasons need to move back. Of course they well, do. No, you're dead right. Uh, absolutely, yeah. In Australia, summer should start in, in January. January. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Winter should get pushed. Everything Correct. should get pushed back. It's ridiculous. And the spring carnival should be... Uh, he rocks up to Flemington three weeks ago in the top temperature expected of 12 degrees. I've got... The full coat on. I've got a hat on. I'm thinking I'm uh, Tom Shelby from uh, Piggy Blinders. <laughs> I'm really channeling it. He rocks up in his suit with no socks. With his now he's got the real European yeah. style sort of loafer slide set up and really happy with himself. So he was sort of swanning in, thinking that he was the man. Yeah. And then <laughs> at about race four, I said, "Shit, you look cold." <laughs> <laughs> We're all in black. Still, because we were still the whole Channel Seven mourned the Queen for the whole did the ten days, mm. the full ten days. Anyone on air had to wear black. Um, so he's got the black suit, which looks like he's worn about nine times. Then he's got no <laughs> socks on with his European uh, slides, and we're underneath the. So we're not even in the like no sun coming in, and when this wind tunnel, oh, fashion comes at price. Yeah, it does. It does. So you're doing, uh, obviously, racing for Channel 7, and it's weekly now with uh, Seven's coverage. The next seven years. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant for the uh, at-home punter. Got Melbourne and, and Sydney as well. Um, but but uh, someone like Kieran Ma, maybe, that you've, you saw when you were when you were yeah. doing your craft, who's turned himself into a star trainer, it must be fantastic seeing just how insanely dedicated these people are. I reckon, actually, oh. horse trainers, not dissimilar to Ed, that Swatty and I spent so yeah. much time with, uh, maybe not as... Their front foot sort of workers, yeah, yeah. But they're insanely dedicated. They're full on. Their their life is just so devoted. Imagine their days, like you know, someone like a Kieran Maher. Well, Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace. Dave Dave works so hard, and that's Kieran's picked the right partner. So they're probably what are their alarms going at three? (laughs) They're there. Could you imagine that? Three o'clock. We got Pete Moody on, and he said my day would start at three, and (laughs) what do you go? PM. (laughs) (laughs) So Pete has. Pete has a rule that if you ring Peter Moody after 7 o'clock at night, he keeps a tally of who it is. And at 3 o'clock he drives. He used to drive from Belgrave south to Caulfield. And anyone who rang him after 7, he would ring them at th- between that hours of 3 to 3.30. And say, well, hang on, I've started work. Why haven't you fucking wake up? <laughs> See, but I think about it. I look at Kira Ma. So he's up at 3. Your track work, you're dealing with 200 horses. But not only that, you're looking at each I mean, what what... You would see it for many more years than me, Ralphie. When they just walk up, it looks to me like some brown one. So the brown one walks over and they go, oh, that's uh, that's so-and-so, so-and-so. Nickname uh, Betty. Oh, well, with Betty, because um, they have their stable name. He's got the stable name and their real name. He picks them from afar in the dark. 
oh, he needs to go and or she needs to go and do, you know, a fast last 600 and click it home in an 11 and a half, blah, blah, blah. And then they go and stand in a tower after they've done that to 200 horses. They stand in a tower. Somehow they've got the binoculars. <laughs> they're assessing all that going on. Their phone's going on. They've got people like all of us who are owners going, how'd my horse work? Yeah, it's working at the moment, mate. He's dealing with... Then he finishes that at about 8 o'clock and they go and sit in an office plan out their day, plan out booking all the various riders. Um, then they go and put on a suit, go to the races, and then what, they have a win and owner goes, mate, we're going to uh, the Albion. We, you're our trainer. We need you to come along and we've had a great win. And So then they go and do that and then they get to bed at 12 o'clock and they do it again the next day. Freaks. Absolute freaks. I don't yeah, know how crazy, they do it. Uh, and, and what about the jockeys? What, what have you sort of noticed about them? I mean, you know, you deal with my short man syndrome for 20 years now. They're... they're, they're they use short man syndrome in their own way, don't and they? And then you add starving. Yes. Mm. You add starving in, which was just crazy. That's why you couldn't have been a jockey. Swatty, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I managed a guy called James Wicks for, for six months. <laughs> oh and, and seeing what he put his body through. It is ridiculous. And he was, he was considered a heavyweight jockey. Yeah. He, was, he would normally, during the week, walk around at 62 kilos. For midweek rides, he would ride at 58 kilos. Yep. Oh he would ride at 53 on a Saturday. And I got him a Melbourne Cup ride, I think, at 51 and a half. I got him down here, actually. Yeah. And he, he said, I'd oh, just change saunas. And he, um, it got scratched. Yep. So he, he kept the weight. And then uh, Blake Shin hurt himself. Yeah, uh, I, then I four. text you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He ended up getting this right. So I've walked across from, I was doing some charity work there at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, to see, sheets. <laughs> just, just, just to see. Just to see. marquee. In the jockey room. And they, they got this big um, saddle uh, saddlecloth that they all signed, for, I think, for brain cancer, yep. that all the Melbourne Cup ride. And they, so because he gets the ride, he, he goes to, and I'll never forget, he's in the jodpers and he leans across and I could see every single rib on his back yeah. he was topless and just yeah. oh, I just thought, what have you done to your body and this is what they do as a matter of course and, and then you actually think about that and I've got so much sympathy for them for us punters we abuse the oh, jockey yeah. if they make it <laughs> make the you know the wrong move but think about that so some of them haven't had a proper meal probably for three days like yeah. a proper meal they have dehydrated themselves deliberately by sitting in hot baths and saunas and they'll just have little sips of water. So they've, really, they've basically got the lemon and squeezed the lemon of all the juice out, which is what you really need to make split-second decisions. They then jump on a 500-kilo animal. They put their little toe in an iron, sit on the smallest little saddle. They grab a little leather strap on this 500-kilo animal and then they make that 500 kilo animal go 60 k's an hour and they move in and out of these little gaps without imagine their brain would just be killing them they'd be starving they're making split second decisions they don't have any brakes they've got an ambulance following them so if they make a mistake and they clip a heel and they hit the deck that they hopefully won't die yet us punters if they go left <laughs> when we think they should go right we're into them and fair enough <laughs> <laughs> It is it is an incredible incredible profession. Hey, good to chat. So uh, it's Seven's coverage. So you'll be uh, pretty much Sydney based, won't you, for a few weeks? Yeah, it breaks your heart. There's but Melbourne yes, v Sydney wars, but this, yeah. So um, Melbourne Cup week will be Sydney based, which will pro you know what? It's probably Why a blessing because Channel Ten said so the VRC signed with Channel Ten. So we Channel Seven for the next seven years do fifty two weeks a year in Sydney, Sydney. fifty one weeks a year in Melbourne. Yeah. But we don't do Melbourne Cup week. So 
we'll have grand uh, we'll have Mel- well I say grand final which is Melbourne Cup day Melbourne Cup day uh, Hamish McLaughlin Bruce McAvaney myself Lizzie Jules Katie Mallion Emma Friedman Kate Waterhouse will be in Sydney covering the big dance um, it's probably good to be out because when you if you cover a sport and you love it it's a bit like you know if you cover AFL footy and you don't get to work on grand final day you'd have trouble watching it so it's actually, you know, I spoke to Bruce about it, who's been in a, like a mourning period ever <laughs> since they lost it. He says, actually, you know, he's pleased that we're getting away because it's good to get away and not be there. Or else I'd be just sitting on the couch. But Saturday actually. week's almost like AFL preliminary final day because it's called for Cup Day in Melbourne, Everest and Sydney. And, and people who don't quite get it actually yeah. say that's a bad thing. As a putter, it's fantastic. There's great racing in yeah. Melbourne and Sydney, and you guys are covering every twenty minutes. Yeah, it's a it's an absolute bonanza. I mean, I just love elite sport, yeah. and that is elite sport. Like we, you know, saw in the Olympic Games or Winter Olympics or Commonwealth Games, real elite sport is what gets everyone up and about. For me, as a broadcaster, I just love it. So, yeah, you're right. Um, I think we should embrace that aspect. Do you of think it. Sydney will take Melbourne Cup? Well, they will consistently push their spring. They'll never take the Melbourne Cup, but they will consistently push their spring further and further back and they will try to steal the... The horses. No, they'll try to steal the gambling dollar and the way that they'll steal the gambling dollar in their mind is to have the best horses and the best jockeys and the best trainers represented in Sydney because Peter Volandis, as a CEO, only really has one responsibility and that is to racing in New South Wales. And unlike the AFL, which is the model that we need to look at, the AFL used to be called the VFL, and I'm a Carlton supporter. You played for Collingwood. Um, did you, Bradford? No. <laughs> um, but it took Carlton, Collingwood, Melbourne, Essendon, Hawthorne and Richmond to actually say, you know what, we could just keep playing and just keep swapping premierships. But if we want to grow the game to be an Australian game, we've got to give up a bit of our You're power. You're incredibly generous. Five of them were fucking broke. And they <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, I just wanted to include you. Um, who do you back for, Sam? Oh, well, anyone she's working well, for. Yeah, yeah. Whoever she's working for. She's got about six time. sides at the minute. Sorry, Jackie Philgate. Yeah. Um, so it took those clubs to say, let's give up a bit of our power to create a body above us who will tell us what to do because we want to grow the game in Australia. Collingwood got their head around it quicker than Carlton. Carlton's taken 20-something years to get their head around it. They tried to break... They, they set up the system and then tried to break the system. Mm. And now they've finally, <laughs> got their, finally got their head around the fact that it's a socialist uh, environment and you've got to live by those rules. So racing would need that, but I can't see a scenario in my lifetime where Victoria or New South Wales go, you know what, for the greater good of the sport, let's give up our power, let's get a body that overlooks the whole of the sport and says... No, you guys own that space. You guys own this. It's just never going to Do you happen. think um, there'll come a time where the Cox play, Melbourne Cup, Cough Cup aren't as valuable because of the money that's going on in Sydney? Like, I go, oh, fuck, I'd rather put my horse in the Everest. We're going to play that Melbourne Cup day instead. And so. Yeah. Well, we're already seeing it. To be fair, we're already seeing uh, there'll be three or four horses that'll run in the Golden Eagle on, on Derby Day that should have run in the Cox plate. But yep. because the Golden Eagle for four-year-olds is worth $10 million, they say, oh, we would normally have a spin around in a Cox plate. They won't have a spin around in it. Yep. So um, it's already happening. So it's more money over the trophy now and the prestige sort of thing? You yeah. Unfortunately, that has a big aspect of it. Um, Small details are big surfaces. 
Tight corners or odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured, or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, how does it all end up playing out? I don't know. I just, yeah, eventually... Eventually, you could imagine a scenario whereby you just want the best of the best to be able to race. And so at the moment, Huey Bowman's saying, at the moment, I haven't got a good Melbourne Cup ride, so I'm going to ride at Ramwick. Yeah. You want Huey Bowman riding the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, but money's more important, let's face it. So, you're Melbourne, so the Melbourne race account, are they going to try and take over the autumn then? Like, and fuck they, 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 No, they can't. So the difference is the weather the fo- oh. and, and it's post-footy season. So why Melbourne have just been sort of lucky in the way that, you know, you get every AFL player coming to Flemington and, yeah. you know, that, that becomes part of the celebrity and the social aspect of it all. Whereas Sydney traditionally has been autumn. I, I've, it, it can't quick, fight City Hall. Yeah, well, uh, no, I've got yeah. grown up in, in footy and racing, but... Um, 2010, I think it was, or 2008 maybe, I, I was up there for the first time I'd been to a big Sydney race meeting, Doncaster Derby Day, pissing rain, and then you get in the cab, you go back home, and then on the news you realise it's about seventh item because the footy seasons had already of kicked course. on. So now that's why Sydney are targeting the spring. It's just that sort of... And that's what I mean, don't fight weather. City Hall. Yeah. AFL footy, and to a lesser degree NRL, are the biggest show in town and you cannot fight them. So just work in the area that they're not in. That's, I mean, I'd be putting all my major events outside of footy. Yeah. So the moment footy finishes is when racing's time to shine. But I would be pushing deeper. I'd be pushing to the end of November. It makes no sense to me at the end of November when we're all still looking for something to do. Cricket hasn't really kicked off yet. And actually the weather's finally better. Mm. That's when the Caulfield Cup should be. Caulfield Cup now should be after, after the Melbourne Cup because the international horses don't want to run at Caulfield before the Melbourne Cup. Mm-hmm. Don't kid yourself... They want to run. They want to have a crack at the big at the big dance, which is the Melbourne Cup. Um, they run their best race first up, but then they would all run if they were in Australia two weeks later. Twenty four hundred meters, five million dollars. Do you want to have a run? Yeah, we'll have a spin around there. Um, so Caulfield Cup, then push them all back, get another good races in and around that. And they'll have 30,000 people turn up because it'll be a beautiful day. Right, we don't know when people will listen to this, so we'll give sure. them, we'll, we'll miss this Saturday and give us math science, me versus you, Cox Plate. Sorry, Caulfield Cup first. Who do you, who are you like on Caulfield Cup? Oh, it's a disgusting race, isn't it? Smoke and Romans. Not if you're back a winner, you couldn't give a shit. Correct. <laughs> Smoke and Romans is the obvious at $5. Never, ever underestimate um, self-interest because you know mm-hmm. it's trying. So I'm at 150 to 1 on an inspirational girl. So I'm barracking hard. And I thought she ran really well in the Turnbull. Yes. Um, last two Turnbull Stakes winners have gone on to win the Caulfield Keep Cup. Keep it short. People just so it's a good them. form reference. But I'm an inspirational girl. <laughs> At around a ten or eleven dollars, I'm, I'm going Dua. 
It's been favourite all the way since, and now it's at eleven dollars. She's, she's had a setback. Never back a horse that's had a setback. Is it? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Everest. Yeah. Setbacks. Ralph's backed it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Nature Strip wins. All right. I, I would. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you, but Mars Crusader. If it's dry. Nearly beat it last night. Yeah, know. needs last to be year. dry, mate. You know I'm chairman of his fan club, yes. Mars Crusader, but he, but he needs it to be dry. And then we get to talk about the Cox Plate. Cox Plate, yes. Beep 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 beep. Now there's a horse that I went and saw <laughs> at Newmarket in England called El Bodigon. Pick that up, please. <laughs> El Bodigon. Straight after the Commonwealth Games, went to a Newmarket trains by James Ferguson, who transfers over to Chris Waller. Won two Group Ones in France. First up, when in the French Derby, ran second to a horse called the Denny, who's gone and beaten the older horses, ran second the Arc, best, horse, best race in the world. Third in the race is Modern Games, went to America, won the same race, State of Rest won. El Bodigon defeated Modern Games easily. El Bodigon's still at $11 for the Cox Plate. If there's any sort of rain against our average lot, he'll win. Animo's not average. But I, I, don't, I don't... But he's had a I setback. Has he? He's had a setback. He won yeah, two out of five lame last start. So I just, it's it's a bit like Swanee with the ankle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just, he's better than him, but not if he's, he's not better well, than them. Yeah. But yeah. He, if he's not a hundred percent, you can't win it. Well, thank you, Jason. Thank you, thank Ralph. You. Sam, pleasure to meet you, thank Swanee. You, me too. Thanks, Good to mate. see you again. Good to see you again. Can we get yeah. a selfie? Yeah. <laughs>